Okay, welcome to Grown and Opinionated. I'm your host, Sasha. Um, today, I just, I mean, I'm not even going to BS around or try to joke or anything. Um, I, I really would like to discuss Wendy Williams and what's going on there. And I think that, you know... There's a part in that movie where she says, you know, this could happen to you. And I really, I mean, it can. It can. So anybody who doesn't know who Wendy Williams is, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, but in all seriousness, um, Wendy Williams, when I came up, she was a radio show host on, um, I believe she started on 98.7 or something like that. And she was on WBLS. And then she left for a while. Like she kind of got blackballed for a while because of her style of hosting. She would do like gossip and the blind items and things like that, that have become so commonplace kind of started with her. Um, she would do it for our people. So the hip hop and the page six things that, you know, they have for mainstream, she would do for hip hop and R and B and just people in our culture. Um, towards the later year, she was, um, on hot, on WBLS for a while. And then she started filming the show. Um, Charlemagne, the guy who everyone knows by now came up kind of under her. Like the first time New York city was introduced to Charlemagne, the guy was on the Wendy Williams show. And he tells the story in the book, um, about how he came to be on her show. And, you know, they were going for a while and then she started doing the TV show. And that was like a big thing. And she had a big following because she already had it. And then, um, I mean, we, yeah, the TV show kind of ended abruptly when, <sighs> it's sad to say, I mean, at this point, there's no other way to say it. When the things her husband w was doing behind the scenes, as far as the affair, she even had a lawsuit previously because her husband was trying to mess with her employees and the uh, employee filed a uh, sexual harassment when she was at WBLS. I believe the girl now works for Charlemagne on the Black Effect um, network. Um, and... I believe, well, Wendy Williams actually, because I don't want to be gossipy, but she actually had a movie out, which I, I really didn't love. It wasn't that great, but she had a movie out about maybe two years, three years ago, where she kind of went through that. She was exploring and telling people what kind of happened with the relationship with her and Kev, and that part of him and her life, the way that he was handling things, um, was kind of like preventing her from getting to another level because she was already at the next level um, to get to another level. But in my opinion, watching from the outside and knowing Wendy, like I said, I'm a, 
I've known Wendy since she used to go to the clubs. Well, not know her like that before y'all start. But she used to go to the clubs and we have video music box and things like that. And Wendy Williams would be in clubs and all types of stuff. And she used to have this party, her birthday party, which was legendary. And people would buy tickets and go. And watching her over the years, one of her things seemed like portraying an image of damn near perfection. And while she... um. She admitted to some of the things later on in life about using cocaine, about drinking, about other things. I think that it always was evolving so that when it wasn't her being perf- perfect and, she, you know, she got plastic surgery, which I don't think helped with the way she looked, um, made her look weirder. But to her having um, a baby and sharing her experience, that's one thing she did. Like, we love that about her is that she would share what she was really going through. When she had plastic surgery, she was sharing that on the radio. When she was having her son and she was having so many complications, she was sharing that also on the radio, like what was going on there. So, again, I think that what happened there is that that was how she was packaged or presented to us and how she represented, like, she's our friend and, you know, we're going to kiki and do things. Then this thing happened with Kev and apparently, well, now everything is out, is that he was messing with this girl who happens to be someone that Charlemagne knew from South Carolina that was working in a bar or something, but he was messing with her for like 13 years or so before we found out about the baby, they were already messing around and had been messing around. And he was using Wendy money. He bought her a house right around the corner from where he lived with Wendy Williams. They were going out on dates. I mean, he was buying her cars and things like that with Wendy Williams money. And I think where a part of the downfall started was when she try to maintain that image that her marriage was good because she would always say it and she would always say I miss Hunter and go around and you know when people were talking about marriages she would talk about other people marriages and when they asked she'd be like oh I'm fine my husband is and I think that was part of it so when this happened instead of our friend coming to us and saying look y'all (laughs) <laughs> like how Taraji say they, they they doing me right here now they ain't doing he ain't doing me right and coming to us and saying look my husband is betraying me and now even though for 13 years or 12 years she was able to kind of keep it under wraps I well I don't want to say she was able to keep it under wraps because the son had they followed Kev and this is how big Wendy Williams was is that the son, a major newspaper, like they followed her ex-husband based on this tip that he was messing around, followed him, got the deeds, got the proof that he was spending the money where he bought the house and put out this whole expose. And instead of her acknowledging it or saying, you know, I was aware and this is something I have to deal with. She kind of say it was nothing to see here. That girl is a friend and y'all making too much out of it. I think, in my opinion, is when I kind of lost it for her with that, is that it was clear what was going on 
And it's like, come on, girl. Like, I got your back. We got your back. Like, just acknowledge what it is. And instead, she was trying to keep up that image of perfection. And I think it just all came crumbling down once he got her pregnant. And she was actually having a baby. I'm sure, and I hate to be this person, but I'm going to say what y'all thinking. This ain't the first time old girl had got pregnant. I think this is the first time that she got pregnant and made the choice that, well, now I'm going to keep the baby. And it was no longer a hidden secret. It was something they couldn't hide anymore. And I don't know if Kevin said, hey, I'm going to leave you and go with her now. I don't think that he said that to her, to Wendy at all. I really don't believe that he would have said that to her because he was so financially depended on her. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He, his job was her manager. His job was executive producer on her show. His job, like, there's no way he could have said, hey, you know what, Wendy? I'm going to leave you and go with my side chick and raise our family. And I'll see you Monday at the studio, okay? And that would have worked out. So I, I, I definitely know that that had to be tricky. And I guess the girl and the reporter kind of outed him and it was nowhere else to go because it's like it's the baby it's this I'm and I'm like 99.99% sure that there were discussions and talks behind the scene on how they could kind of spin it spin it or keep it hidden so that they could portray this image um now so with that being said it seemed like well not seemed like it was all reported this is all I've been reported that after this came out uh, Wendy started drinking really badly. She said she was going to a sober house, never acknowledging the whole issue with Kev, but that she was going there and taking care of herself. The producers and everybody on her show knew what was going on and wanted to protect her. And like, we'll just get rid of him. Let's just get rid of him and we can move on. And I don't think she was in a place for that. I really don't think she was in a place for that. And because she was so vulnerable at that time that he appeared to be her person. And she relied on him to kind of handle that for her. And once everything came out with the baby and it was just too much, um, she was gone for a while. And then she started making the runs around. Like, it was just getting really weird. Like, the people she was being with... um, with the exception now, with the exception of Black China, and we're going to get into this because I saw a clip where Black China was talking to her. And when I say I dropped tears, I dropped tears because I, I truly, truly believe that Black China loved, loves her. And she said, look, I don't know what I got to do to start making more time to come to New York, but that's what I'm going to do. And anytime, just pick up the phone, call me. You're never a problem to me. And Wendy is clearly not there. And when I say not there, I mean mentally, she's not there. And China is just, I mean, you could just feel the love and the energy between them at that point. So with the exception of China, Wendy started running around in circles. And then it was clear like she had this management team who still seems to be her manager and he's a jeweler or whatever it is. But they saw what we all saw is that girl, dust yourself off, F him and and get back to it. 
And with the podcast at that time, podcast, people were getting $100 million deals, $30, $40 million deals. I mean, it it wasn't unheard of. It It wasn't unheard of for someone to have a come up like that. And it wasn't a stretch for her to be able to leave the TV show, go to the podcast world, and just be hugely successful. So I think they saw that and they attached to her. But nobody was checking on her mentally. Like, is she okay? Is she here? And she was doing the rounds and talking about, you know, him and the baby or whatever. But it was clear, like, it did something to her. Um, yeah, it's really sad. So uh, apparently, well, not apparently, there's this documentary that now I can't even figure out what the hell is going on. Because when you watch the clips for the documentary, you're like, why are they allowing this? Why? Give her her privacy. Give her her dignity. Just let it go. But there was a documentary. There's a documentary on Lifetime. And it's about her. Apparently, it started off that they were going to record her come up on the podcast circuit. That they were going to like how she's going to bounce back. But as they started recording, that it was clear something else was going on. And that she wasn't all there. And that there were other issues. And she was drinking a lot and stuff like that. But they never stopped recording until, I believe, last year they finally stopped recording her. Um, yeah. It just didn't seem like a good look. But her family was going around and making, specifically the niece, was making the rounds to promote this documentary, saying, like, Wendy Williams had part of it. She's the executive producer, which that's... I mean, it's just bullcrap. She can't executive produce anything in that mental capacity. And then while the niece was on The View, her management team or someone released her diagnosis, which seems like she was diagnosed last year with dementia and a... Oh, my God. I literally looked this word up on a dictionary uh, at... In had the thing so I could pronounce it because I was like, aphasia. that's the word, aphasia. So what that means is like she has problem communicating and speaking because of brain damage. Um, her son has come out and said that he was aware of the diagnosis also and that when he went to visit his mother, they told him it was um, alcohol-induced dementia because she was drinking so much. So all of these people have been aware for over a year about this, and then y'all allow this documentary to go forward. And in the, I think in the place that it's gone, because documenting someone with Alzheimer's or just dementia and having movies, this is nothing new. We've seen this. I forgot who had, was it Anderson Cooper? I'll look it up later. Act like this is the Joe Button podcast back in the days. Um, but, I mean, it's nothing new that people do these documentaries like that. But that is the context that they're done. And, like, the show, what this looks like, how this affects them, things like this. This seems like this was done with the intent to make money, to make money off of her. I think they initially started out like, look, she doesn't need anything. She's okay. Let us get back to her money. And 
then as it went on, it's like, oh, but nobody thought like, let's just stop. Let's stop and think about her. So there's a few things we need to unpack here. Um, one, the guardianship that she has now, that she's under, Wendy Williams, and it's been going on for a while. So this is something I think I talk about a lot now that I didn't. And I'm just going to tell you right now, if you don't have a will or some type of health directive set up, you really need to get that done now. If you're going to do a power of attorney, um, which I see people do a lot incorrectly, I might add, you want to get that done now. The, the issue with the power of attorney, and I just see it a lot, is that they print the one that comes on LegalZoom or it comes off the internet. They get this template. Nobody reads it through. They sign, they notarize, and then they go about life. A lot of them, as boilerplate language says, in the event that um, I become disabled or anything like that, this is void. And it's like... <laughs> You know, it's really not going to help. So you need a durable power of attorney if you're going to go that route, which I recommend. The will you also need, especially if you have small children. Um, and I'm going to get to how this ties in there. You need that because you can still, I would say for small children, there's going to be a, 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 a space between you dying and everything getting resolved. Um, either way, most people are like, oh, well, I don't have anything. And it's like, well, if you have children, you have something or even your personal property or where your things are at. But in the will, you want to say, look, in the event that I died, that my sister or my mother should take, um, the children or whatever and guardianship, custody of children, and then they work it out. So, we all seen this before because it happened with Michael Jackson where they're saying that they, the courts make the decision about what happens with children because it's always in the best interest of the children. However, if there's something that the parent is saying while they're alive, while they have full mental capacity, the courts are going to look at that. So majority of the time what actually happens is that while everybody do all of this huffing and puffing when someone dies no one runs to the courthouse to try to take the kids from whoever has them and this time goes on and then later on people realize like there's certain things they just can't do with these children because they have not taken the appropriate steps if you want someone especially if you have a a, um, a co-parent or a sperm donor, or whatever you want to call him, who's just not stepping up to the plate, you don't want that time in between where they can go and somebody's going to go fight for your kid and to get them out of there, that they're with him. If you have a will and you're saying, um, hey, hold on. Okay, so I just want to say, because that person is going to have guardianship, so then if something happens to you, they can just go and say, hey, look, here's her will. We're going to probate the will. It should be no money left in your will or nothing like that, just personal property and what should happen to your children. And um, they named me as the guardian of these children so I could take over them. And then while the court process, because ultimately the court is going to make the final decision, they're going to give a lot of weight. When I say a lot of weight, a lot of weight. 
to what's in that will. And then, like I said, a lot of huffing and puffing goes on when people are around or alive and nobody has to assume a responsibility. But when they actually do, it usually goes away. I mean, I've seen cases where um, kids, like, one kid gets killed or something and the father's all over the paper. I need to get my other kids this and that. And then they, they huffing and puffing and then nobody goes to court and the grandmother ends up with the kids or something like that. So it probably won't even be challenged. So you really need to put a lot of weight to that, which while I'm saying, you know, I, I also had to do that and make changes to it. But this is all wrapping up until w- about Wendy Williams. Now, has she had a proper estate planning when she needed it? And I, I don't even want to say that because, you know, now that I think of it, what may have happened here is that when she was married, she probably took care of these things. And then when she divorced, it just wasn't redone. Um. And maybe that's it. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. But why that's so important when you're of sound mind now is because of this situation right now. So at any point, anyone can make an anonymous tip to we, you know, look, we Jersey City girls, we say the state. Uh, <laughs> but someone could say, look, I, I saw this person. Um, whether Wendy Williams, in my opinion, is not elderly. She wasn't elderly when it happens, but it normally happens with elderly persons is that someone at the bank will say, Hey, you know, I I have this old lady that comes to my bank every day and I'm really concerned that she's being taken advantage of. And I would like for you guys to look into this. Or if the the old person is wandering the streets or things like that, someone can always do this. And then they can go to court on their own and say, hey, I think that she needs a guardian or something like that, a family member or anything. But if they report to the state, what happens is that there's every every city is going to have their own. But someone will come out to investigate, especially if they think it's something with abuse. I guess in her situation, it would be someone who lacks mental capacity and they feel like they're being taken advantage of because they would be like um, someone in need of protection um, and they're incapacitated or alleged to be. So they would, the state would step in and they would go to court and say, look, we have reason to believe they first they investigate. They're going to go out to see the person. Um, they usually try to have doctors evaluate them just to make sure that everything is OK. Most of the times it's not founded. But if it is, then they go to the next step and they go to court and they say, look, this person needs to be protected. They're extremely vulnerable because of these things. They lack the mental capacity to handle their own affairs. Um, we need something done. And because that's so, such an emergency, the court will appoint a temporary guardian for the person. Um, in this situation, the court appointed, she still has the temporary guardian. So this is really dragging out for a while. But the court appoints a temporary guardian. Now, and some... In all situations, they have to notify the family and say, look, this is what's going on. Do you want to be her guardian or her temporary guardian or do you not find that she needs one? And if the family steps up and says, yes, I would like to 
apply to be her guardian. You know, then they would go through a background check. They would do things and and see if that's an option. Because, you know, who wants somebody else interfering with their own, you know, personal uh, issues? If it's not an option now, if they believe that the alleged incapacitated person is being taken advantage of by a family member and that family member applies to be the guardian, then, of course, that's not going to work because they're saying you're the one taking advantage of here. Now, to apply that to Miss Wendy Williams, that's exactly what happened here. Um, the bank said that we believe that she's being taken advantage of. And one of the reasons that they listed is that she was purchasing a condo for her son while he was down in Florida or something in college. And out of nowhere, like they just doubled the price. Don't quote me on if it was double, but it seemed like it was weird. The transaction, like they wanted her to pay so much more and she just kind of like agreed to do it. And they said like, you know, based on that and that they believe that he's part of it. Now, to her defense, I don't think that that was anybody taking advantage of her. I think that in the vulnerable state that she was in, and y'all know she loved Kevin Jr. Like, and her only son, it's her world, that that's what he wanted. And she just went through a divorce. And while she's not seeing it as, well, he's a grown man or he's 18, 19, and he can, you know, this is what happened. She probably felt that guilt. Like now my son is going through divorce and he wants something. Let me get that for him. So he's not feeling so bad while he's going through this divorce. The bank saw it a different way. Um, they filed and immediately, I don't, I don't think that there had to be, now there has to be some proof. Okay. Let's, let's stop there. You can't be an able-bodied person walking through life doing everything okay, and they just snatch you up and say, nope, you you need a, a guardian. There's going to be some steps. You have to have an evaluation done. Um, there has to be something there. And the court erring on the side of caution says, let's just impose implement a temporary guardian until we can find out what's really going on. And if it's nothing, it's nothing. We'll, you know, dissolve it and that'll be it. But if it's something, it's something and we need to protect this person. So now with that being said, that's the situation that Wendy Williams is in. And when that happens, the person no longer has control over their money or their assets. The guardian takes all of that and has control. They don't take it, but they have control over it. So if she wants uh, to go to the Gucci store and just blow 10 racks real quick. She could not do that unless the guardian says, okay. And it's unlikely that a guardian would do that, especially a temporary guardian in that situation, because first of all, you don't want to be a parent like <laughs> you wasted this lady money and then she buy you gifts or something. But it's no way you could justify a $10,000 uh, shopping spree at Gucci at this time. Now, if she said, oh, I got some appearances, I need outfits, um, I have a stylist, and they pick, you know, that would be different, but it's more than likely that that, that wouldn't happen. 
Now, with that being said, the money, that stops the money train. So all the money that she had flowing, where she could give and give and give to her heart's content, is now being controlled by someone else. So now you can see why other people have an incentive to jump in and say, okay, she's okay. She doesn't need y'all because now they can't get that money. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't, I guess, I don't know what y'all thought, but I know for... The longest time, I did not believe that when ce- like celebrities, movie stars, um, rappers, so m- more so than others, because they always say, I got to get my mama a house. I got to buy my mama a car. But I didn't think, I really didn't believe or think that the other ones that they were supporting their whole family, extended family like that. I thought like they just take care of them themselves like in their nuclear family i didn't know that but a lot of them are paying the bills and maintaining a lifestyle for their parents for their siblings for and it's like it's a lot that you have to think about that there so now if you're the you're a celebrity and you're making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars and now you're paying all your parents' bills. You're paying all your sister bills. And and then it's the gifts or whatever on top. But you're paying their bills for them. Or however it works. If you're, you buy the house and you have to pay the upkeep on the house or you're paying the taxes or you have a mortgage and you're paying the mortgage on their house and they're not, and then that has to stop. And it's like out of the person's control it's not like you could just go to them like hey why are you not paying my bills anymore it's like i can't pay them even if i want there's always going to be an incentive for someone to say hey pull her out of that we need to get the money made now that's my take on so when she said it could happen to you it can unless you plan for it beforehand as everyone should do you should be planning for it um and just in case it happens you know, there's already something in place and you don't have to worry about that. Now, with that being said, just today, her guardian, her temporary guardian filed a motion to um, seek an injunctive relief. And remember, we talked about this before, what injunctive relief is. It means that it's stopping someone from doing something before it even happens. However, I just don't see, unless we get a decision on that today, because the movie is scheduled to come out tomorrow, the documentary, I don't see how that's going to do anything. They said they filed the motion, it was sealed, um, and they're going to have a hearing next week to determine whether it was sealed. But it seems like normally when you file uh, an application for injunctive relief, what happens is is that the the court gives you a temporary. If they find that you have grounds for it, they'll say, okay, temporarily you must stop what you're doing and wait until we hear we have a chance to hear this and see whether or not you should be allowed to do this and that's where you get the tro the temporary restraining order so it doesn't say no news report said that the guardian received the temporary restraining order yet but that they filed um yeah so again we have to have the hearing i mean it has to happen today what the other side is saying is that the only problem with that is that the Guardian signed off on her appearing in this documentary. 
um, her manager or the whole team, she was um, competent at the time, which I just don't, I mean, I really don't understand how they're going to prove that she was if the documentary is showing her not, <laughs> but whatever. And they're saying, look, she was competent at the time. Her guardian signed off on it. They knew what was going on. And at the 12 o'clock, the 13th hour now, or is it the 25th hour? I don't know, whatever. But at the last minute, now you guys want to kind of halt it because maybe there's some backlash about people saying, you know, look how she looks. Like, I don't think anybody was excited for this documentary. I don't think anybody was. Um, I have it. I'm always on the Twitter sheet streets. I, I don't see anyone saying... Oh, yes. I so want to see Miss Wendy Williams in this capacity. I want to see her like this. I don't see any... No one is saying that. Everyone is like, shit. Damn. Like, pray, praying for her. Like, oh. And I think that's the problem. That when they didn't get the response that they were looking for, and the fact that her niece is actually on a press run about this documentary... I think that that's when the Guardian was like, oh, shit. All right, let, let's try to pull the brakes on this. Let's pull the brakes on this. <laughs> um, so. Oh, my mic stand fell. I'm not looking forward to seeing this at all. However, um, I will be watching, and I think I'm going to be watching from a different point of view. Um. I guess, I mean, nothing else but to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Love on yourself. Um, Miss Wendy Williams is really young. You're young. She's not even 60 yet. And to have this. And, of course, I mean, they're saying it's alcohol-induced. I mean, it's just such, it's so, it's just like a sad story to see play out. It really is. Um, so if there's anything you take away from this podcast today, one, take care of yourself. Love on yourself. Stop trying to have these images of perfection. I'm not going to say, I don't want to say that, because um, I don't, I, I guess that's the thing is that even like people will say, oh, you know, you have a perfect or you whatever. And you're looking like this shit, I'm falling apart around here. And you may be giving it, don't own that part of it. So if somebody, if they're putting that on you, don't say that's you trying to maintain it. Um, but be honest with yourself. Are you trying to, are you fighting hard to portray an image of like everything is perfect? Well, everything is perfect, but if you're trying to maintain an image and it's it's hurting you mentally, um, physically, emotionally to maintain, then you need to step aside that. What other people think about you has nothing to do with you. If other people think you're perfect, your body is perfect, and whatever, then that's on them. As long as you're not trying to portray it and it's causing you a problem, if that makes sense. So that's one. Two. Get your ish in order. As I sit here now, when I finish this, I have to redo a will. And remember for the will, I know I see this a lot too. You guys, y'all always go to the notary. Everybody getting everything notarized. It's notarized. It's notarized. Nobody care. You need two witnesses. In the state of New Jersey, you need two witnesses. 
So make sure you take the appropriate steps to have a duly executed will. Don't have um, this half-ass stuff going on uh, or the legal zoom. If you're going to, nobody has a problem with legal zoom. I actually, well, how I learned in law school and what my teacher said, she literally ripped out a piece of paper out of somebody's notebook because she made us write. She wrote on it. And she told the two people that were sitting in the front row, okay, sign it. She's like, now this is a valid will. That's how simple it is. Don't overthink it. But if you're going to use something from the internet, make sure you actually read it. Um, You would probably do well to have a power of attorney. Uh, If you're going to do that route, make sure it's a durable power of attorney. Make sure you review those documents. Um, Well... Hold on, let before I go there. You want a medical directive, and that's something that I know is a touchy subject with people because I've recently have um, made a decision about my life that I never thought I would need to make, or something about you know if I if I get into a certain condition what I would like to happen to me I I never even thought about it but now as this is becoming more and more of a reality I'm like okay I need to make a decision because I don't want nobody keeping me alive (laughs) for longer than God intended or that I, I I am comfortably alive um yeah so Those are decisions, but if I don't make that decision now, that's going to be a decision that's left up to someone else. Um, And if you have any money, um, a will, I mean, a life insurance policy, you should have a trust, some sort of trust set up so that everything will just pass through there. Uh, The life insurance policies, which I see a lot also, and I know I did it. So before I knew better, I did it. I named um, my kids, my oldest kid. I named him on a life insurance policy. And at the time, my mother said, you don't leave money to kids. Nobody could do anything with that. And that's all she said. And so I changed it and left it to her. And um, But then after I went to school and everything, I learned, and from experience, I learned that the issue with it is that when you leave it to kids, no one has guardianship over those kids unless you have the whole packet, you have the will, they go up there, they get guardianship, and then they can actually get to the money. Um, Now, I had a conversation with somebody and they were like, no, I want the life insurance to be set somewhere until she reaches the age of majority and she makes a decision what to do with it. And I said, yeah, those are things you need to think about. If your intent is that I don't want anybody to be able to get this money, but the kid, then that's fine. Even though it may not work that way, honestly, because if, if I take guardianship of your child or if I get, it has to be guardianship. It can't just be custody and guardianship. Oh God, we could do a whole episode about this but custody and guardianship are just two different things so now you die I get guardianship of your kid and they have this money there so now I have the guardianship of your child now I need the guardianship over his property and I tell them like look I need access to his money because I can't afford to take care of this kid and he doesn't have any money now um, there is 
safeguards in place because the guardian will then have to report like look this is the amount that he has this is what his money was spent on and report some type of accounting but it doesn't it's not a a total protection where no one else can get that money until that child turns 18. It's just not. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it either. Uh, a more, um, better, I guess a better approach would just be to set up the trust, have the life insurance policy, um, the trust be the beneficiary of the life insurance policy. So when you die, the money will go into the trust. Your trust should stipulate how the money is to be used, how it's supposed to be spent, how it should be distributed. Um, you could put even like uh, to pay $1,000 a month, you know, to the kids or whoever has guardianship of the kids at the time or custody, whatever. You could put all of that in there. Now, with that being said, you know, like I always tell your contracts are made to be broken. Trust can be broken. It's not, I mean, anything can happen. But if you go through a lot of these, it's unlikely that somebody's going to waste the time to fight. So, and you can also, one of the things we saw with, um, oh my God, who was this boxer? Oh, I forgot who the boxer was, but this boxer died and he had like a wife and a girlfriend or whatever, and they were fighting over the money. And there was a clause in his will, like whoever contests this um, will unsuccessful, then they're cut out. They don't get their part. And the reason why you want to do something like that, because if you have five people who think they want to get, they deserve money from you and you only leave the money to two, <laughs> the other three people for no reason at all, or for all the reasons in the world will say, I'm going to contest the will. And I'm going to force you to give me some of that money because I'll tie up that money for so long and that so much of that money will be spent in legal fees for the estate that there will be nothing left and we will all just be miserable. So you want to make sure that you put stuff like that in there. And if you really have five people that you believe would do something or should just leave them something, you know, a dollar, a hundred, leave them something. Don't, don't try not to acknowledge them because you can avoid that problem. Um, so now once you get all of these, like I said, if you're going to get them from legal zoom or you're going to get them off of Google Reddit, just read them, make sure it says what you want. And if it's something you don't understand, this is one of the biggest things I have to tell people all the time. I don't give a damn. If you don't understand it, I don't care who wrote it. Shakespeare could have wrote that shit. If you don't understand, then it's worthless. It's worthless to you. Put it, if it's something you don't understand, cross it out. Put it in language that you understand. If you're saying, hey, I want my kid to get, I'm looking at my embroidery machine. I want my kid to get an embroidery machine and uh, Will has language bequest and this and that. Cross that shit out. Give my kid A, the embroidery machine. Make it so simple, but make sure that it's what you understand. And then once you do that, you want to make sure that you put these items um, somewhere. This is the digital age. There should be scanned copies somewhere of all of these documents. And you should have those with a friend that you trust. Um, 
people leave them with their attorneys, uh, safe deposit box. A safe deposit box, if you're going to put it in there, I mean, somebody has to have the key and know that it's in there or like I've had to do. Um, we we got to go to court, get an order, force the bank to open it without... The- <laughs> Like, come on, make this simple. Give the person a key, give them email a copy of it, leave your password to your computer with someone that you you love and trust and say, look, everything's here. Make sure you have everything um, ready for that. And then you need to review these things on a regular basis. Not every day, maybe every quarter. Maybe once a year, but you want to review these things because what happens so many times, especially with life insurance policies or um, life insurance policy is like the main one. Like people will put someone they're dating in the life insurance policy at, at their job and then totally forget about it. And then they die and that person is getting the money and the family is like, what? <laughs> All because they didn't change it. Hold on. Okay, so that's what I was just saying. Like, you make sure you review them. Um, in my situation, and uh, my kids got older. I made a decision about who I believe um should take care. Well, I don't like to talk in circles, and I'm gonna stop doing this in 2024. But basically, I said like what their eldest sister uh, would be their guardian and would be their trustee and would be in charge of everything for them and would take over for them. Um, as the kids got older, you know, we had that discussion and we talked and I, and they said, well, you know, I would actually prefer this one. So that's a conversation that I needed to have with them. And then once I had the conversation with them, I had to go to that person and like, Hey, is this something you would be comfortable with? Are you okay with it? And then once I update the documents and everything, I have to make sure I give her a copy so that if anything does happen, she can say, okay, I have the copy. I can go. I'm going to apply for the guardianship. I could go do these things um, for the kids. So make sure you're always reviewing and checking in. And it, all of you who have these benefits with your employer, Make sure you go and <laughs> check I check the life insurance policy if it's been a long, long, long time um, and anything has changed or sometimes people will put someone on there and that person has died. And it's like, you know, when the person dies, it becomes like a clusterfuck. Avoid the clusterfuck. But in the meantime, between time, let's all pray for Wendy Williams. If the documentary, I'm going to be watching um, my, I guess I'm going to keep my legal eagle eye open to see if the Guardian's um, TRO is granted. So then we'll know whether or not the documentary is going to come out. Let's all say prayers for her. And let's just use this really um, as a learning lesson um, for us. Uh, the episodes are available twice a week the, of the podcast. Uh, whatever Wednesday is probably going to be the most consistent. It's going to be a staple because I just love it. I get to just talk about any and everything. No research. Um, and I'm on Twitter and I'm on Twitter at JMO about, but I'm on threads at grown underscore and underscore opinionated. I'm going to go over there and start being more active there. If you are, um, I guess a content creator, or if you're someone who's 
looking to expand in that field. Um, they're saying like, you know, start getting active on threads that that's a good opportunity to start growing. Uh, think about it like when uh, Twitter first started or when Instagram first started and many people are like, ah, and then, you know, all like three, four years, now they have a head start. So they have the following and everything. This is your chance to kind of build that following earlier on. If that's something that you're into or just for enjoyment, um, at all. Um, I'm on, yeah. Instagram is grown underscore opinionated. Uh, the YouTube channel is the same thing. The podcasts are there. Um, I'm going to have to get on TikTok. I got to just kind of figure out how to do it. Help <laughs> your auntie out. But I'll be there. And um, until next time, Sasha out. Peace.